Well, week 11's here already. As always, we'll take a look at last week's games, get you up to date on any news, injuries, uh, look at the booms and busts from last week, and we'll look ahead to next week with our projection beaters and our game tier list. And we've got a special segment this week we're calling Intervention. Uh, we're each going to bring a player that we're worried about, air our grievances, get it off our chest, uh, and ask each other for opinions. Should we trade that player, uh, keep hold of them and hope they get back to the best, or do we just need to face facts and adjust our estimations on these players? Uh, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can write in at inthepocketacrossthepond at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at inthepocketacrossthepond. I'm Alex Sharples. As always, I'm here with Alex and Lewis Brindle. And this is In the Pocket, Across the Pond. Let's play a quick game of who said that and why. I'm going to give you two quotes by the same person. Tell me who said them and why. First quote. Man, 14, got to get up out of there. Quote two. Let's not forget he didn't start going off till bro got there. Oh, who I said that and why? I know I know who said the um, first one, so if it's the same person, I'll let Sharples guess if he doesn't know, but I know who said that. And I know who about. Um, the only 14 I can think of would be uh, Cortland Sutton. And so if that was the case, it would be someone off the Manning casts. And I know Patrick Mahomes was on there. So that would be my guess. But why he said it, because he was watching the match. Uh, it's much juicier than that, to be fair, Sharples. Uh, but okay. you got the right game. Al, do you want to enlighten us? I'd say it'd be, it'd be more juicy if this player was playing at the minute, but unfortunately Trayvon Diggs is out for the season, but it was Trayvon Diggs tweeting about his brother, Stefan Diggs, I believe. It was. Ah. Tweeting, man 14, got to get up out of there. And let's not forget, he didn't, he didn't start going off till bro got there, assuming he being Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Got a point. Uh, some would argue that that Josh Allen was maturing in his because Josh Allen was a quarterback who needed a lot of maturing and needed a lot of work. He was maturing in those first two years of his career, and you could also argue that Stefan Diggs has also not blown up um, until he got to the Bills. But whatever. Yeah, Stefan Diggs was like a a very hot and cold wide receiver in the league until he got to the Bills. Stefan Diggs. Uh, the Vikings was not Justin Jefferson. No, you know no, what no, I mean. No, no, yeah, yeah, like, like there's there's a there's a sort of mutual partnership here, which I think Trayvon Diggs is overlooking a little bit. But then again, you know, to be fair to Trayvon Diggs, how could you not overlook that when Josh Allen likes to throw the ball to the opposing team more than he does his brother? <laughs> yeah, fourteen feels like a clunky number. I wouldn't pick 14. I mean, 11, sleek. 11, yeah, nice. That's good. The disrespect, Two fat ladies, 88. The disrespect... The dis- Two fat ladies, 88. CD Lamb, that's where he got it though, from. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, love, we love may as well start, though, then. Broncos, 24, 22 bills. Are we even surprised by this? I mean, you know, 
I think we know why why we call him cheeky Gabe, and it's because he's always facing with his back to the action. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but are any of us surprised by this? I'm not personally. I, 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 I don't, I'm not surprised by the result. But then when it came up after the game and it showed that the Bills are five and five, that's when I was like, oh, oh bloody hell! Actually, whoa! I didn't. I, for some reason, it's like, you know, it's that thing with the Bills, yeah, they lose some stupid games, but they're always going to end up like 10 wins or something, you know, aren't they? But, oh, are they? Yeah. No, maybe not. I don't think so this season, chaps. I mean, I, I am I am surprised because uh, I expected the, the Bills to win. Um, keep waiting for the, the get-right game that they normally have. Um, but yeah, but I mean, what a run from the Broncos now! Absolute giant slayers in the in the past couple of games. Um, well, are we buying it. I've got a few nope. stats that I was going to bring up later on for reasons that will become clear. Okay. Um, forget about it. No, not forget about it. Sorry. Um, projection beaters. Let's ride. There you go. There's a little spoiler. Um, <laughs> would you lads call me a big, big old fat liar? Would you say that my pants are on fire if I told you that Russell Wilson is on course to throw 36 touchdowns to 8 interceptions? Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah. Is he really? Not turn the ball wow. over. Well, one fumble in the past, I believe. Um, one fumble for Russell Wilson in the last... Three games, no interceptions, six touchdowns, on a wee bit of a heater. That that and 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 I know he some he put stats up like this even last season in some games. All I'm saying is that Cortland Sutton edge of the end zone touchdown that was vintage Russell Wilson, was it not? Scrambling around, look, it was, yeah. Like scrambling, around, I did I did see like. Obviously, it's a great touchdown. Uh, Colton sort of an amazing catch. I did see, I think it was on like NFL Instagram, where it was like, according to Next Gen Stats, the two sort of like least, least catchable passes that have been caught for a touchdown in the past 10 years were um, the Colton Sutton one last night and the Tyler Lockett one uh, when Russell Wilson was in Seattle. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like... And are they not just bad for us? No, no, because no, no, catches. because because the one last night, the one last night was the only place that he could have put it for him to score the touchdown. So I think that yeah, that so, kind of yeah. that the title of that stat does a disservice to how good of a throw it was. To be honest with you, because it, yeah. it should be like tightest window in NFL history. You know what I mean? It's like it was a great not throw. least catchable pass. I know, yeah, least catchable pass. It's like it's like yeah. he's thrown a Kenny Pickett <laughs> ankle pass. They might as well have they might Kenny as well Pickett have put special. It, they might as well have written Russell Wilson stumbles into a pile of poo yeah. while while throwing a touchdown pass. Which he has done plenty of times in in recent history, but I think uh I think Russell's playing pretty well. Anyway, Browns 33, 31 Ravens Got a question. Browns legit or Ravens flaws, Sharples? Ooh. Um, the Browns are certainly, um, I think, a, le- 
a legit defense. Although obviously, I know the Ravens scored thirty-one. That interception for a touchdown that was a little bit of a freak one. But I think I think I mentioned it last week. It's just this this Ravens offense, as good as it as good as it can be, and as potent as it can be. It just feels like it's always got a stutter in them. Um, and then when you combine that with the with the Browns, who are always capable of making a play on on defense, it it was always going to be a tight one. Um, but yeah, I think I'd have to I'd have to say it's the the Ravens throwing it away. They, they had chances to win it, and again, they didn't didn't quite pull the trigger and put the, put the game away. And you saw what happened. The, the Browns came back and won it. So I think I think the Ravens have have let it slip. Really, Lou, Lou. Yeah, I I probably agree with that. Although I would say that the Browns did play incredibly tough, like loads of just mean runs and like yards after contact and yards after catch. You know, Jerome Ford and David Njoku did several of them themselves. Like they're just dragging these defenders like down the field. It was unreal, and even. The Browns' defense, even when they did get points put up against them, they sort of came around the other side and went, "Okay, right, you're going to put up points against us, so we're going to make plays and force turnovers and score on defense." Then, yeah, um, which I don't know. I, you know, I think I've just talked myself into the opposite argument now. Then, I, I suppose it's the, I suppose <laughs> it's the Browns being good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm super impressed by the Browns. I think. I think they're probably heading to the playoffs. Um, defense is just incredible. They've got a lot of playmakers around there. Even if the, the quarterback Deshaun Watson to me does look super sluggish still, um, yeah. But yeah. that that idea, that, that idea that the Ravens can't put teams away uh, has been a thing for a few years. And you kind of with the with the start of this game, with how it went, with that ridiculous play on defense, it looked like they were just going to suffocate another team. But fair play to the Browns. Texans 30, 27 Bengals. Same question. We'll go to Sharples first again. Texans legit or Bengals flaws? Um I mean I think I think I'm gonna have to give it to the Texans. I've been I've been skeptical to really sort of get on, on this train yet, but they're, they're just they're putting together too many performances now where you know to, to overlook them. Um CJ Stroud looks great. Um, me after slagging off the the running back room last week, Devin Singletree decided to take it personally <laughs> and just run for a hundred yards every time he touched the ball. I mean, thirty carries, mm. uh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I still hadn't quite been on board with the Bengals since start of the year, just just from how bad they started. Um, but yeah, fair play. You know, the the Texans went toe to toe with them, and I think we're really starting to see some. Some positive changes because you know they, they've been a, a swamp of nothingness for for years now. But uh, obviously the new coach comes in. Yeah, I mean pretty much the te- since the Texans' inception. Um, in w- w- when was the Texans late nineties? Um, they've been rubbish. You know, uh, so uh, yeah, it's, you know, like like I've said before, you, you can see why people were clamoring for D'Amico Ryan's Lou. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, really fun game as well. Like, both quarterbacks were, were interesting because, like, they both had decent moments, were both pretty sloppy. I know Stroud played great, but interception, two fumbles is sloppy to me, and Burrow, two interceptions. 
but both with over 340 passing yards and both with two total touchdowns. Um, it was like the the same team was playing against each other. Like if you looked at the stats, like both defenses also made plays in moments, but gave up big plays. They were sort of a mirror image of each other in this game. But yeah, I'd say I'd say the Texans are legit because under Ryan's that defense will will start coming really really good. And I mean that that front office has just got to be like sitting back and just laughing at how they've. I, how they've showed up the future for mm. a decade plus with Stroud. Like, yeah, mm. really good stuff. Yeah. Didn't expect the Bengals to lose many games the rest of the season, so not um, not a good start losing basically the first game after everyone said that. But, I mean, a lot of injuries. Even Chase didn't look mm. fully healthy. Um, and as you said, I think you write this one off. I mean, you know, the, the Stroud one just goes to show how much of a of a – lottery the draft is and like the bandwagon that we've been on for a while we don't know why the cardinals would want to do that whole process over again because as we see with someone like trevor lawrence who was the best prospect since andrew luck and even more hyped prospect since high school than Caleb williams not panning out for him they have a winner in terms of the lottery uh in terms of kyla murray and as do the Texans here, whereas the uh, the Panthers, not so much. So uh, for all the teams, it's a cautionary tale for all the teams who just think getting the first pick is going to solve all the problems, I suppose. But um, Lions 41, 38 charges. How far can, can both of these teams go? Give me um, either a round in the playoffs or if you don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. But give me a round in the playoffs or... How far do you think both of these teams can go, Lou? Uh, Lions can get to the conference championship game, I feel. like They're going to win a playoff game, which was my bold prediction um, earlier in the season, just throwing that out there. Um, yeah, they can get to the, the conference championships, I feel. They're playing really good football. I, th- I think they can they can compete with anyone. The Chargers, is a, is a, I, the Chargers aren't going to make the playoffs, I don't think. Um, the division's too good. Uh, the, the two hurt, and this defense is, is rubbish. Like, their ability to put points is undeniably impressive. Um, but, like, it's, I, every single week when they lose, you see people coming after Justin Herbert. At what point is this not on his shoulders? The the guy's putting up 30-plus points weekly with a team where he's got one wide receiver, pretty much. Like, take it off Herbert's shoulders. Some of these other players need to start stepping up on the defence and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I, just, I think... No, I don't think the Chargers are making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean... The- the Chargers' defense is terrible, and the Lions. Um, I think I mentioned in my Jared Goff projection beat a kind of argument last week how the Lions definitely beat up on beatable defenses, um, and they were again popping guys open. They look like a well-oiled machine. It's funny you'd imagine a Dan Campbell coach team to play like the Browns do, but actually, when they're clicking and when they've got a favourable matchup like they did against the Chargers, it's another story as we saw when they come against someone like the Ravens. But when they've got a favourable matchup, they're just so smooth on offence and it's like hot knife through butter at times against the Chargers. It really was. Um, Sharps, how far can either of these teams go, though? 
Uh, I think the Lions will win a game. Uh, I don't think they'll win two. I think they'll come up short against the likes of the Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Niners, but certainly win a game. Um, Chargers. I think that division, obviously Chiefs aside, I think is just going to vulture too many wins off each other. Um, I think... Yeah, I think aside from the Chiefs, I'm not seeing much playoff action there. Um, I think Chargers are the, be- the second best team on paper in, in that um, division, but no, I don't think they're going to get out of it. They're just It's just not clicking. Um, and I agree, I don't think Justin Herbert's to blame at all. I think it's the pieces around him. Um, and that defence is head-scratcher because they've got some really nice you know pieces in there. Joey Bosa, uh, Derwin James, I don't know. I don't know why it's not working, but but it's. I'll tell you it's why not, it's not it's, working because not Herbert's fault. We, we've seen this defense work this season, but the reason why it isn't working is because you don't get to play the Jets every week. Yeah, yeah. People who the that people who are playing a lot that of money. I would agree that I think the Lions could get to the conference uh, championship. I, I don't see the Chargers winning the playoff game, and again, narratives are starting to be formed now after week ten, and we're starting to see kind of um, the ebbs and flows of people's stories and what adjustments actually have been made and someone like Kevin Stefanski who we all said was on the hot seat is going to be there next year, the Browns are playing really well Brandon Staley don't think so and McDermott as well um, no adjustments seem to have been made here and I suppose it goes, it goes to show um, the kind of great turnaround that Stefanski has kind of done the I, out of the three of them, I think I thought Stefanski was the most kind of most surefire person to get fired, uh, closely followed by Staley. Um, but I, I can't, I now can't see a world where Brandon Staley's still there next year because he's a defensive head coach. No, and they've, they've I don't think I, but I, I, they do, but I, yeah, I mean, I think they, they. They brought Kellen Moore in to succeed him, ultimately, when he gets fired this season. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, elsewhere, the 49ers stomp the Jags. We're going to be talking about a particular Jags player coming up. Burrs, Colts, Bucks, Raiders win some thoroughly unimpressive games, it has to be said. Steelers, Cardinals with Kyle Murray back, Seahawks, Vikings winning some surprise shootouts, some nice amount of points scored, although I feel like we expected points in that uh, Seahawks versus Commanders game. It's just a shame that only one relevant fantasy player scored any points in that Commanders game. Go and look up the fantasy stat sheet from that Commanders game. The top three wide receivers combined for 9.9 fantasy points and Jahan Dotson with a big old fat goose. Um... Crazy. Uh, Lou mentioned to me the other day that uh, Sam Howell is around the QB4 on the season, um, which doesn't seem possible when you look at the output of his fantasy pieces. It's like, was, where it was, but where also, the, was, not, not was it all that, going? It's, it's not just that. Sam Howell is, leads the league in passing yards. To whom? <laughs> To who? <laughs> I don't to Brian know. Robinson. Maybe, may, maybe he just keeps doing that thing where he'll, he'll like throw it against a defensive uh, lineman's helmet and he'll catch it himself and run. And maybe we've just not seen it, but yeah. he just keeps doing that. Um, but anyway, Cowboys, yeehaw, you knew it. 
I, I, for once, we're not. We'll save you the pain, Sharples, by just saying, yeah. That yeah that yeah that's it. I just want to also say, interestingly, the yeah, interestingly, completely doubled down on that notion that they're a pass first team. Hmm. But I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes. Um, my impressive victory is the Texans. I thought it was a f- really fun game. Strode, as Lou said, a little bit sloppy at times, but looked clutch again. Um, and just when we thought the Bengals were back to Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl front runners, uh, Texans get them. So I'm going to go Texans impressive victory. What about you, Lou? I'm going to go 49ers because, yeah, they stomped all over an informed Jags team at home. Mm. So, yeah, 49ers. Chaps? Yeah, I went I went 49ers as well. And I know the, the Jags haven't been as sparkling as we thought they'd be, but still 6-3 and three and Niners just meant like absolutely nothing. Like Even at the end when they were trying to get McCaffrey the uh, 18th touchdown in a row. Just, I'm yeah, throwing it out there. Just yeah. throwing it out there as well. Time. Just throwing it out there. That was stupid. Oh yeah, it's all well and good as laughing about it here. Like, hey, well, you're giving it Christian McCaffrey four plays in a row. What if he ter- what if he turns his ACL on one of those plays when he doesn't need to be in there? I'm sorry, that's a, you're talking about the NFL. That is a legitimate possibility. I think it was pretty stupid, and it, obviously, they can all we can all laugh about it now because it didn't happen. But there's no need for him to be in there getting the ball that many times because of some record. Mm. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, but as a McCaffrey owner, I'd say, shut up. <laughs> shut yeah. up. It's an important uh, record for the players, Lou. Um, I mean, the Niners do look good. I, I said this to Lou the other day. I'm going to reiterate it here. I personally think the best team in the NFL is the Eagles, and then there's a little bit of a gap between them and everyone else at the moment. Um, I think we saw for the past month that the 49ers are human and it, it was good to see them get back on track but all the games that the 49ers lost over the past month the Eagles play just as bad but somehow win those games uh, anyway mm. not buying it win, I'm going to go the Raiders because they're terrible Lou? I'm going to go the Bears because they're terrible Sharps? Uh, I'm gonna go Cardinals. Um, I also think they're terrible. Uh, I just I know I know Kyler's come back in, um, and I do I do rate uh, Kyler, um, but I just I, I feel like they're just gearing up to blow it up. So I can't I can't have any faith in it. And should we all do this in unison? Maybe maybe we should maybe we just a bit of a hint. Maybe we should all try and say this in German. What's worst team in the league in German? Um. Anyway, it's three, two, one. It's the Patriots. Patriots. Lou, Lou's shaking his no. head. Whoa. Lou's shaking Lou, his head. No. How is it? How is it? Anyone? I know what you mean. I know. I know who the Cowboys played as well. But the Patriots. The Patriots no, don't no, no, have no, the. No. Ex- right, have well. you forgot that the Panthers exist? I feel like <laughs> the, Pan- the Panthers. <laughs> Lou is doing his best. To alienate himself from yeah. all of our listeners. I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I, I can I can sort of at least watch the Patriots a bit because it's quite fun seeing this great franchise. Um, seeing this great French franchise 
just sort of come crumbling down, even though I did forget that Germany game happened when I was writing my notes. Um, but the Panthers are just unwatchable. Completely unwatchable. Terrible. I don't know, mate. I... I... I had to, and I, well, I had to, and I personally, I personally thought that they were going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. Who the Panthers? You got something in common with some of our listeners. Um, well, I don't know, man. I had to watch that Germany game with my feet like dangling above the fire, so every time I almost fell asleep, it like jolt me back awake, uh, and my feet are burned to a crisp. Is also <laughs> um, the Patriots are terrible. Mac Jones is truly awful. He's a dreadful player. I, I, I think it was before we did the pod, so I won't have receipts. But even when he went to that Pro Bowl, I was thoroughly unconvinced after his rookie season um, of just him being a dynamic playmaker. Um, and he's just bad. He's bad, and he sounds like a 17-year-old boy. Um yeah, just a weird image him on screen being like, oh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I got taken out of the game and, you know, I was like, go, go on, Bailey. <laughs> <clears throat> I think the video of him walking from the draft room to the stage ruled out any notion for me of him being a dynamic <laughs> playmaker. When you can't even walk 10 yards with any form of dynamism, you know that you're not going to succeed in the NFL. Yeah. Um, well, anyway... Weekly top five fantasy players at each position. Spoiler alert, Mac Jones is not, and I don't think will ever again be on here. Um, quarterback position, number <laughs> one, Dak Prescott. By a mile, 37 points. Herbert with 28 at two. Then we had Dobbs, Howell, and Geno. Purdy and Goff with nice games as well. Running back, Brian Robinson Jr., 27. Jameer Gibbs is still here, 26. Singletree, Eckler, Javante rounding out the top five, but McCaffrey, Ken Walker, and the two Steelers running backs with nice games. Wide receiver, Keenan Allen, CD Lamb with monster games, 40 points and 39 points respectively. Brandon Cooks there, 32. Amon Rossum Brown and Mike Evans rounding out the top five. Noel Brown, Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett, and Chris Olave, Lou will be happy to know. Chris Olave woke up because Jameis was in, and Jameis was cooking okay get him in mm. he was absolutely cooking I, I, if any of our listeners played fantasy in the year that Jameis went 30 and 30 it was unbelievable that was the Lamar Jackson MVP year and if Jameis Winston if you took if you took off just 15 of those INTs he was right with Lamar like fantasy points wise <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just the, 15. Just the, just the fifteen. Just, yeah. he, he would have still thrown fifteen, though. That's that's the crazy thing. Um, he was, I think, because he, he threw five, because yeah, he threw five thousand yards that season as well. He was unbelievable. I mean, yeah, him coming into that game as someone who who um, is a manager of Chris Olave in multiple leagues, uh, it was an absolute joy. Because Chris Olave scored eighteen point nine of his twenty one point four fantasy points with Jameis Winston, he actually only had one target with Derek Carr on the field, which was in the third quarter, and very serendipitously, that was the play that Derek Carr got injured on. His one target to Chris Olave. Well, I think they should play Jameis. Um, 
at tight end, TJ Hawkinson with a big 30 points, Trey McBride 21, Kittle, Kincaid, and Conklin rounding out the top five there. Some noble busts from this week. We had that goose from Jahan Dotson. Can we, just, can, we just, can we just talk C.D. Lamb for a moment? Can we oh, sorry, lad, sorry, sorry. Yeah, let's um, go on. Talk C.D. Lamb and Sharples. You talk about a player that you really enjoyed watching this week. Before I get into those busts, let's bring the mood even further up because some of those busts are depressing. I just want to say C.D. Lamb, uh, just one, one sentence. Over the past three games, C.D. Lamb is averaging 36 PPR fantasy points per game. Not bad, that. Not bad. Yeah. Sharps, do you, do you want to give us a... a, a and he was my MVP, and he was my MVP, and he was my fantasy MVP. Jaw-dropping stat on someone as well. Who uh, who drafted him in the league, though? Who drafted him in the main league. It didn't fall to me. Sometimes you have to you have to play the draft mm. how it falls. You can't be, you know. I know you. I know Sharples. You love Colton Sutton, but you were you were <laughs> drafting how it fell. So you didn't take Colton Sutton with your first pick. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas yeah, I love the Dallas I'm, defense, I'm and drafting. I took him fourth with my fourth pick. Uh, third, third. <laughs> Stop sneaking it back. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have said Dak purely because I picked him up in our sleeper league three weeks ago, mm. and since then he's got something daft like 35, 47, 36. So let's keep going, Cowboys offense. I've got Dak in one league, I've got Very CD nice. in the other. How about yeah. the Cowboys? Yeehaw! Chappers <laughs> initiated a yeehaw. Wow, the first for everything. Um, I would say that Imam Rosen Brown is quietly having a monster year. Just go back to his stats and look at how many games he's gone over 100 yards. I don't think he scored less than about 11 points of fantasy either. Um, and I'll do the embarrassing thing that Lou did and say, He was my MVP, he was my MVP. <laughs> There's no need to play my clip back at me. <laughs> oh, notable bus. Goose Johan Dotson. What? I played him in a league. I'm not sure why. Um, it must have been in that 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 corridor in Sharpsey's building again that makes you pick Kyle Pitts. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Speaking of MVPs, this says Alexander Madison on here. <laughs> That's still time. Derek Henry. Um, I saw Derek Henry's stat line, and for some reason became convinced that he'd been unbelievably disappointed on the season when he's not been. He's been fine, which I suppose for Derek Henry is really disappointing in itself. But yeah, um, Tony Pollard, Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, Washington fantasy wide receivers, obviously will put Stefan Diggs in there as well. Um, Lou, you stole my segment. You got anything to say about it this week? Uh, heading to the booth? Yeah. That is Bill Belichick, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he'd get a cushy job, I think, Bill would. He'd get a great job. Have you heard the rumours that he, he, he might be traded? I have heard the rumours that he might yes. be traded. And I... Because I... apparently he got yeah. traded in. and I, I never he, knew that. Where was he at? Was he hmm. at um, the Browns? Cleveland. He signed a contract Jets, with yeah. the Jets. All right. Oh, the Jets, yeah. He, and then immediately okay. left. Yeah. Um, 
Do you yeah. blame him? <laughs> I can't imagine. Imagine um, if he'd have stayed. I feel like there's a lot of teams that... I, I, I want to see him go to Fox with Brady. I think that would be an inc- like just a really weird and awkward dynamic, the two of them in the commentary booth together. Just get them to... And- and Larry yeah. David in the middle of yeah. it, just stirring it around. I feel like <laughs> Belichick, he's not got the, um, you know, he's he's not got the, the personality for it. It'd be like if Belichick was on there. It'd be like on Sky Sports when they when they used to have like Roy Keane and Mourinho in the same room doing analysis on Super Sunday, and it was like being in a morgue or something. You know, you need you need some high <laughs> energy in there. Um, and, and I think a lot of teams would blow up whatever they have to get Bill Belichick. So, um, I would probably agree. Anyway, projection beaters from last week. It was pretty good again. It was pretty good. Not It wasn't the mm. the scalding hot week of previous. However, Lou had a pretty good one. It was a bit of a, yeah, it was Lou, a miss on Levis. Yeah. Um, Quinton Johnson. Yeah, he's crap. He's rubbish. He's crap. Did I not... <laughs> Did I not say this, by the way? Did I not say he was rubbish? <laughs> I, was, I was looking. Um, As well, the, the Quentin Johnston one, the Johnston one, it's like, it's, obviously it's not my proudest hit. Boo he's, he's a hit and he, was, he, must, points. he must have been projected about two points. But it, but it was, it, it is the best game of his career. It is the best game of his career. And there was multiple long pass interference calls that he had against him. If he brings one, if he brings one of them down, his yardage looks completely different. Um, it's not, so exa- yeah, I'm it's not exactly it. a high bar to set. the The previous best game of Quinton jo- game of Quinton Johnson's career was a game where he didn't trip himself up. I assume. So um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, hit well done. Pat yourself on the back, Lou. Uh, George Kittle and Jameer Gibbs had. Great games, though. So there you go. Um, I had a nice hit with Jared Goff. Tony Pollard, we will get to him. Metcalf had his best game of the season. It wasn't quite a hit, but you're happy if you played him. And Trey McBride, yes. Get in, 21.1 fantasy points. Um, And then Sharples, Old Faithful, Geno Smith, big-time hit. Um, I feel like every time over this year and last year, whenever Sharples has picked Geno Smith, he's been hit. I was happy about that. I had him on my main league team. Mixon was fine, just as he's been all season. I feel like Joe Mixon has a, a fantasy finish of 12.5 points every week. Uh, but Hopkins got, got levist. Um, he and, did. oh he no, did. what happened here? Oh, it had to come. It had to come it's because, it's because I think this is it's, the only uh, week. By week this week, I this is the only week so far, probably this season, maybe in his career, that a four point three fantasy finish for Taysom Hill is marked down as a miss. But it got a bit rich last week, Sharples. You still took it. Yeah, got greedy. Yeah. I got yeah. greedy. I mean, I think all in all, though, it's an improvement on on how we were doing. Uh, how we were doing at the start of the season. Um, but yeah, you've got some news slash injuries, Lou. I do, yeah. We'll start with a few quarterbacks. Derek Carr, as you alluded to before, he's ruled out of the Saints game. Suffered a right, he suffered a right shoulder injury yes. and a concussion. Um, but but the Saints are on by this week and he hopes to be back after that. So Damn. Gutted. Um, Taylor Heineke exited the Falcons game of a hamstring injury late in the fourth quarter. So... 
backup Desmond Ridder reluctantly had to fill in. Thanks. Have you ever have you ever heard of anything more scripted than that? By the way, I know. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see that Bijan um, Robinson was fielding punts? He got a punt return. Well, he needs to get on the field somehow. He needs to get on the field somehow. I I, I thought it was a joke, but it definitely said number seven on the back of the person who caught the punt. <laughs> well, Bijan Robinson had a pretty nice week, but it's, it's classic Arthur Smith just doing the complete wrong thing when he's trying to do the right thing. Resting Bijan Robinson, preserving your future talent equals never playing him. Oh, Getting Beezer Robinson involved in games, giving him touches, equals putting him out there on punt returns. What are you doing, mate? If he's a ball boy, does that count as getting him touches? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson was in a walking boot after the Browns-Ravens game, but he says he'll be fine. It was fancy so, dress. He was being a Robocop. He was but... going straight to a fancy dress party. Okay. You're reading way too much into it, mate. Right, okay. And then Alexander Madison suffered a concussion in the Vikings game. Um, so, you know, the deal with concussions, expect him to probably miss this week. So if you're in a pinch, Ty Chandler might be a, an all right pickup. Then a little bit of the news. Um, Go on, Sharples. Sorry, Lou, just to jump in dead quick. Uh, when I picked Madison as my uh, MVP, I did not know he was going to get a concussion Ooh. in week 10. So void. it's uh, null and void. Null no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Going to have to get the rule book out there, I think. <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Bills have fired their offensive coordinator, mm. uh, Ken Dorsey. He's gone. Obviously, the team not happy with how that offense is shaping up. Um, we'll see what happens from there, and the, then they'll just hold on to the end of the season. And, uh, they can have Brian Dable back, so it's fine. Yeah, Dabster. That is true. That is very very true. And then Aaron Rodgers says that he plans on being back mid December. Um, not a do it. See what happens. Go on, do it and see what happens, mate. I, I really want him to go out there and see what happens. <laughs> not really. A, not a cat try and prove, Try and prove science and the human body wrong. Yeah. Not a cat in hell's chance that's happening. I'm, 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 I'm saying that. No. Um, oh, no. I mean, it's fun. It's a fun thing to say. I don't know if I'd say it out loud. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, not happening. I, I, I would be beyond amazed. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> I say do it, do you? It can. It can't get any worse. One-legged Aaron Rodgers is better than whatever they've got on at the minute. Mm. Exactly. It's time for some fantasy interventions, lads. We've all brought a player who we want. We want to get some opinions on. We're going to state a case of why this this fantasy player needs an intervention and then we're going to try and advise each other on what to do. Trade, adjust, or stick with it. So, should we advise each other and fantasy managers of these players to trade them away, to adjust their expectations on the player and keep them in the lineup, but obviously... Uh, have that new context in there when they're making start-sit decisions 
or stick with it, they're going to be fine. Who wants to go first? Who wants to, to take a seat first? Go on. I'll, I'll go first. Just, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm tearing my hair out, boys. I mean, I, like a lot of people, drafted this man, you know, in the first round, end of the first round. And it started off really well, you know, after the first four weeks, he was nearly on 100 points. And he's, he's the wide receiver, wide receiver 14 still, but, but th- you know, those early weeks are just skewing it. Uh, he's still running crisp, tasty routes, probably the tastiest in the league. It's just with terrible quarterback play. I just, I don't know. And, and you know, the new coach has come in and they've won a couple of games, but it's not really spiked any life into him. And he's just, he just looks a shell of his former self. And it's Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Raiders. Um, mm. I didn't actually draft him, but, you know, this is what a lot of people are thinking. I wanted to draft him, though. And, um, yeah, I think th- those first few weeks when he was getting, you know, 40 points and that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, obviously, we had the little bit of unpleasantness in the middle where it's like, I need more targets. So what's going to happen? The new coaching staff has come in. And like I said, they've won, they've won two now on the bounce, but not really an increased role for Devontae Adams. There's a lot of draft capital tied up with him. Uh, I would be reluctant to trade him based on the draft capital, but it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, should we do it? What what do you reckon? Um, I mean, based on the fact that Devontae Adams was really good last year and he had a good start to the season... It means that he can still thrive with mediocre quarterback play. So, personally, mm-hmm. I would be leaning towards stick with it and Devontae Adams will probably be good, be all right. I don't think you need to adjust and view him as like a wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver three yet. I think you can still play him with confidence as your wide receiver one. It's not been very nice and the Raiders aren't a very nice team to watch, but... You just hope that they realise that throwing the ball to easily the best player on the team um, is the the answer. Um, so I'm going to say stick with it on Devontae Adams, Lou. Um, I, I would... I Obviously, the trade deadline is approaching in fantasy football. I would see if you could trade him. Um, see if there's still that reverence for where you drafted him at the start of the season and see if you can get... Uh, sort of a, a high-end wide receiver two for him, just because with this quarterback, which um, with 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 McConnell in, I just don't see any sort of decent ceiling for Devontae Adams. Like his ceiling for me, with the current situation in at the Raiders, is fourteen points which is not where you drafted Vonnie Adams. If I can go and get a pretty hot wide receiver too, who's popping off a little bit, who, you know, who could, you know, provide me with actually some boom games, which I don't think Adams is going to give you, um, I would I would probably advise for that, which is bad because I, I do agree with what Al's saying. Vonnie Adams is a great player. Um And, you know, that team needs to realise that no matter how bad the quarterback plays, you just need to keep, keep peppering him but I don't think that's going to happen and I don't think that I don't think the quarterback player will be good enough to even sustain a decent fantasy um rest of season for Adams so if, if you could trade him for something no I'm not saying trade him for pittance and if you can get a, a decent player um yeah I would probably do that so so 
So trade him more for a, a Pittman than a Pittance. Yes, so something you... like something like that. So that's actually a really a really good example, I'd say. Would you trade him for any of the the famous wide receiver twos, the three of them: Higgins, Waddle, Devon Smith? Uh, I would trade him for I would trade Devonta Smith for him. Yeah, um, the other two I'd have to think about, but I would probably be go be picking up Devonta Smith for for Adams okay. at this point. Okay. Well, thanks for that one, Sharps. Thanks for um, bringing that one to the table. I want to get Thank your you. guys' opinion on play very close to mine and Lewis's heart, Sir Mister Tony Pollard. So. Who saw this coming at the start of the season? He was the running back seven last season with 1,388 total yards. He was averaging 12 attempts and 2.4 receptions per game. He was a top seven running back six times throughout the season and only not a running back two, so only outside of the top 24 five times. And I say all that because he was a backup to Ezekiel Elliott last season at the Cowboys. Now, this season, he's already got five games outside of the top 24. Um, and he is, in huge quotation marks, the dude in the running back room at the Cowboys. So, given all those previous stats from last season, the hype was sky high this season for Tony Pollard. And that showed he was drafted running back eight, 16th overall, middle of the second round. However... If I, so if I told you in August that the Cowboys would be averaging 379 yards a game, which is fourth in the NFL, and 30 points per game, which is 20, second sorry, in the NFL, you'd probably say that that draft price for Tony Pollard is a bargain. Well, here's the issue. The Cowboys are down in 11th for rushing yards per game, and there's been a clear switch made since the bye week um, into just a full-blown passing team the pass play percentage has gone up 10% in the past three or four games. Um, perhaps most damagingly for Pollard, the Cowboys are increasingly throwing it in the red zone with that shift in offensive, stra- offensive strategy. Um, through the first month of the season, Pollard was averaging six red zone carries per game, and now it's half that. And it's not even just in the red zone. We saw this past weekend the Cowboys were killing the Giants and they were still throwing it all over the place for the entire game. So... All of that being said, what does it equate to? Well, it means a running back who hasn't eclipsed 13 fantasy points more than once all season. That was in week one. And I suppose the most damning stat for Pollard is he's averaging more attempts than last season, which simply means his touches are not as valuable this year as they were last year. He isn't being put in fantasy scoring positions by the Cowboys. And to be honest, they don't need him to be in positions to score fantasy. All real life points, as we saw at the weekend, the putting up enough points as they are. You know, I'd, I'd love to know the average record of teams that drafted Pollard or, or have him on the teams. I, I know I'm in six leagues. I looked earlier on and only one team that drafted Tony Pollard has a winning record. So, lads, what, what am I doing? That was a mouthful, but what am I doing with Tony Pollard? Am I sticking with it? Am I trading? Am I adjusting? I think it's I think it's tough. I mean, I, I remember we had the conversation on him last week and I thought that, you know, coming off the bye, he had a couple of tough games, but a run against the Giants, then Carolina and Washington and Seattle would be a chance for him to, to perk back up again. But you, you're right, the 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 way the offence has been since the bye week, they're just, they're not using him. Um, 
and there's there's not been much signs that that they're going to. Um, very little work in in the red zone. Decent number of carries. Not much in the in the passing game. I'd be looking to trade him, but truthfully, I don't. I don't know what someone's going to offer f- for him at this point, unless you get a big, you know, one of you two noobs, and you get a big uh, cowboy head that uh, that wants to get them all. I, I, I don't know. I, I would certainly be looking to trade him, but at this point, I think you have to adjust your expectations of of his value, and so trade him, but realize that you ain't going to get that second round draft capital yeah. that it cost to get him in. Um, you might have to settle. Yeah, you might have yeah, to settle I, I, for. A, Javante Williams or Jerome Ford if you want to try and get any sort of value for Pollard at the minute I suppose maybe mm. yeah I, I I I would I would say hold just because I think the talent is still there I've not seen anything in Pollard's game that says he's lost a step just the opportunities haven't been there so maybe it's adjusting your expectations of this offense like you were saying I'll you know like this this is a pass first team now no matter what the game script um and that is to the detriment of the team's starting running back and he is still the team's starting running back even though you know Rico Dato might bust a run for 20 yards it's still Tony Pollard's backfield he he I do believe obviously naive Cowboys fan whatever I do believe there are going to be better games ahead for Pollard, but maybe not. Maybe not what we saw last year and what we we're hoping for this year. Cheers for that, lads. Uh, Lou, who have you got? I have gone for a player who I was unanimously out on in the off season, <laughs> and then I came round on him because I I I got him quite cheap in our main league draft and I was like oh, hey up he's fallen to me yeah? and he started off really nicely and I was like well I, okay I was wrong um no 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 maybe 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 Calvin Ridley is washed because he's not demanding the targets on this team whereas Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram are he's clearly the third maybe the fourth option on this offense what do you do with Calvin Ridley I do think this is a comment on how bad Trevor Lawrence has been playing as well. But as you're saying, Christian Kirk's been pretty usable at times in fantasy this year. Um, I think the name isn't going to get you much anymore. Very usable. Yeah, I think the name isn't going to get you much anymore with Calvin Ridley. I would say the best course of action is to adjust. And by adjust, I mean put him on your bench for now. Don't drop him. I would bench Calvin Ridley for now and see what happens personally. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to play him because he has had a, you know a couple of weeks spattered here and there where he's um, where he's had points, but it's just so hard to predict when that's going to happen. That you know, unless unless you're playing him in the flex slot at a pinch, really couldn't ad- advocate lining him up each week. Um, so yeah, I think it's a case of readjusting your expectations and. You know, if you've got if you've got a player on by and he needs to slot in, he might come in and, and score fifteen, twenty points and great, but I just you can't put him in your lineup with any consistency, which is obviously uh heart wrenching for, for where you drafted him, which was probably what, third, fourth round, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm. Um so yeah, I think I think it's just adjusting it and and um yeah, that's all you really can do because like Al said, I don't know what real real value you can you can get from him at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope that was Cheers, helpful. Lads. 
I hope that was helpful for um for people listening who have any of those players. Um, tough one. Hopefully your uh, record's good enough that you don't have to just blow it all up and get anything for them that you can kind of sit and hold. But yeah. And just before we go any further, as always, I want to tell you about NFL Store. Sweet little discount code we've got. Enter promo code TOUCHBACK, all capital letters, all one word. Get 25% off some really decent bad team jerseys like the Jets, like the Giants, like the Commanders. If you support a bad team, represent, get a jersey. Um, you follow the link in the description, uh, we get a little bit of kickback from that if you buy something from NFL Store, but they got all sorts for you there. Um, yeah, promo code TOUCHBACK, 25% off. Link in the description. Okay, let's look ahead to week 11. Week 11, teams on by Falcons, Saints, Patriots and Colts. Now, not often, lads, that you get basically just as many teams on by as fantasy players that are going to be missed this week, but certainly not the Rams, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles of last week, you know, pretty nice week, uh, bye week wise for uh, for fantasy. You're not playing anyone from the Patriots, I would hope. I'd hope you're not putting yourself through that. Anyway, let's look ahead to the week. The way that we always do. Forget about it. It's the forget about it section. It's players that are in your lineup no matter what. Don't worry about it, even if they're not playing too well at the minute. You're putting them in. We're not going to talk about them after this section. So at the quarterback, it's Josh Allen, it's Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott. Forget about it. Running back, McCaffrey, Eckler, ETN, Barkley, Jacobs. DeAndre Swift's back. Let's stick with Derek Henry. Forget about it. Wide receiver, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill's back, Cooper Cup's back. Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, stick with him. He's still in Buffalo for now. Mon Ross and Brown, Keenan Allen, CD Lamb. Forget about it! And tight end. Hawkinson, Laporta, Andrews, Kittle, and uh, Kelsey. Didn't really notice he was gone last week, though. Mm. Forget about it! But into our projection beaters, the players that we think are going to outscore the ESPN projections by more than four points. I don't know if you've uh, heard, but we've been on a bit of a tour recently with these projection beaters. And with that in mind, I'm just going to I'm gonna start first. Speaking of on a tour, my quarterback. Let's ride. 15.6 fantasy point projection versus Minnesota. <laughs> it's Russell Wilson. I've already gone through all the stats on how... He's on a little bit of a heater at the minute. Russell Wilson is, uh, you know, he's not returning the ball over. Maybe Sean Payton is quietly fixing Russ. As we saw, vintage touchdown, uncatchable pass. That's how good he is. He's throwing things that shouldn't be caught that are that good. Um, he gets a potential shootout in Minnesota this week and a modest 15-point projection to go with it. The last time I said something similar... Uh, to that was in week two when Russ was playing the Commanders and that worked out. So uh whack out this two. Let's ride. Sharples is your quarterback. Uh, I've gone for the man who will be grinding Russell Wilson into the dirt that game. Uh Josh Dobbs, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. 
Denver giving up the seven more points. <laughs> uh, Denver giving up the seven most points to fancy quarterbacks, and it's not looked pretty at all for Dobbs. You can tell he doesn't know what's going on out there. But the fact is, he is putting up points. Uh, pretty much twenty-five points um, in his last two games. And for me, the most impressive thing is. Those beautiful muscular legs that he's got, uh, 66 yards and a touchdown in the first game, 44 and another rushing touchdown in the second. I love me a rushing quarterback because it's just absolute fantasy gold. Um, So even though he doesn't know what routes people are going to be running, he knows one thing, he's got wheels. So I'm going for Josh Dobbs, a rushing touchdown, and maybe just 250 yards, and that'll probably get me my hit. Projected 17.8 points. Let's Oh, run. yeah. Now, I can't tell if Lou's uh, stuck or he's just been pulling the same expression for the past minute. Oh, he's got... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say, he was giving know, me nothing. Yeah. He, looked, <laughs> he, he were kind of cracking jokes and he looked thoroughly unimpressed with everything that you were saying. Um, that was very yeah. good. No, he wasn't yeah, interested whatsoever. I could see you racking your brains. I could hear the cogs going and Lou was just like, nope. I'm not even cracking a smile. I'm going to stare, looking frog-like. <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. And he's back. Lou, technical issues. Did you hear anything Sharples said? Did you hear anything he said, Sharples? We just want to get your opinion on what he said briefly because the only evidence that we have says that you were thoroughly unimpressed with every word he said. Well... I mean that's business as usual, really, with anything Sharple says. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think he did say some good stuff about Josh Dobbs. Who's your, um, who's your quarterback, Lee? My quarterback's Kyler Murray. Projected seventeen point nine points. Looked pretty agile and elusive in his first game back after that lengthy injury. Six rushing attempts, thirty-three yards, and a rushing touchdown exactly what you come to expect from Murray and he didn't miss a beat in that department and I know he didn't throw a touchdown but he still had 249 passing yards a lot of which went to tight end Trey McBride um, so I do expect him to get back on track with his wide receivers this week you know Hollywood Brown Michael Wilson Chet Johnson um, against the te- against the Texans team <laughs> Uh, obviously they've been firing on all cylinders on offense, but on defense they've given up over 280 passing yards and two passing touchdowns per game over the past two shootout weeks. So this is going to be Murray's first real test since returning, I think. Um, The odds have this as the highest over-under of the week at 47.5, which not only speaks to how well the Texans' offense has been performing, but also speaks to Murray's return in this offense, I think. So um, the Cardinals, they're going to have to put the ball in his hands and ask him to make plays if they want to compete in this matchup. And I think that is exactly what Kyle is going to do this week. I didn't realize that the Falcons traded Johnson. Um, running back... <laughs> running back, I'm going to go Aaron Jones, projected 15.1 against the Chargers... Now, Aaron Jones has been pretty disappointing this season, but he's an extremely talented player who gets a bunch of opportunities out of this backfield. Uh, he's probably the best offensive player on the, the Packers team, to be honest with you. Plays the Chargers, who currently can't stop anything. So, I'd say he's a shoe-in for 20 fantasy points, and for some reason he's only projected 15. So, uh, I rest my case. Sharps? Yeah, I've gone for a guy that... Uh, I'm. 
quite surprised at how low his projection is uh, based on last week. Uh, going up against uh, an Arizona Cardinals defense that's giving up the second most points to fantasy running backs at the moment. Uh, Devin Singletree uh, projected 9.5, which I think is obscenely low. He got 23 points last week. I think that is because uh, ESPN is assuming that Damian Pierce will be coming back. He's also got a projection of 9.3 and, and that they'll be splitting the workload. But I don't think they will. Um, I, I drafted Pierce, obviously, fifth round pick. Um, and he's done absolutely nothing this season. I don't see what incentive the Texans have to, to play him, especially coming off, off the back of, a, of an injury. Missed the last couple of weeks. I think Singletree's going to get the bulk of the workload. And we saw what happened last week. He got 30 carries, turned that into 23 points and 150 rushing yards. Um, so, yeah, I'm attacking the projection. Devin Singletree projected 9.5. Let's have another 20-piece, nice. Devin. I'm going to go Devin Achan projected 12.7 points. Uh I want to give people confidence starting him right away on his return from injured reserve. Uh, we know that it was an East brain, so much easier to return to a normal workload quicker than if it was like a tur or something more serious than that. Uh, couple that with Raheem Mostert, his fairly underwhelming run as the out-and-out starter in the backfield, yet he had that massive 34-point game against the Panthers in that first game where it was just his backfield. Um but then, after that, Mostert was only able to muster 31 fantasy points across the next three games combined. So, I think this team really needs A-chan back so it can lean on the running game again and sort of open up that offence. Um, and we know A-chan's a stud, averaging 25 fantasy points in the games that he's played, seven total touchdowns, 527 total yards in four games played. You have to start him, really. Like... That start obviously becomes easier when it's a matchup against the Raiders, who they've been playing better as of late, sure, winning some games, but still over the past three games, they've given up over 150 rushing yards a game. Echan, he's a must-start, must-start on his return. Nice. At the wide receiver position, I'm going to go Hollywood Brown, projected 13.6 at Houston. Uh, we've actually not seen much of the Kyler... Hollywood Brown, Oklahoma connection in the NFL. Um, but it did hint at a pretty rich fantasy partnership from what we did see through six games at the beginning of last season. Murray, uh, at, with Murray as his quarterback, Hollywood Brown averaged 14.6 fantasy points per game, including three top 10 finishes uh, and an average safely over 10, par- 10 targets per game. That was also with DeAndre Hopkins as the number one during that time. Now, I'd have been surprised if this partnership just picked up straight away last week with Kyler missing so much time. And as we've seen, him and Hollywood not playing that many games in the NFL together. But what I am doing is trying to acquire Hollywood Brown wherever I can. He's the number one on this team now. Um, I don't think there's any wide receiver in the room that's as talented as him. And this week, he gets Houston middle of the pack defense against the wide receiver and we've seen they love a good shootout so uh go on go and get Hollywood and plug him in this week. Chaps. Uh I've gone for uh, Amari Cooper, uh wide receiver for the Browns, projected twelve point eight points. Uh up against the Steelers uh this week should be a juicy one. Uh Steelers giving up the fourth most points currently to fantasy wide receivers. And I just think with with Cooper, he's he's been really consistent the past few weeks. A uh, good number of targets, and I just feel like 
I think this Browns defense will, will probably win a lot of ball back against the Steelers. I think he'll have a lot of chances. The only thing that's really evaded him this season is the uh, is the touchdown numbers. Only on two this season. So I want a little bit of positive touchdown regression. Lose favorite term, um, and I think <laughs> this is potentially a, a week where it might occur. Um, and I think also a relatively low projection given how talented Cooper is. So, uh, yeah, hoping for a nice week from Amari Wait. Cooper. Yeah, I've gone for a player I think has got a pretty low projection. That's Christian Kirk, Jaguars' number one wide receiver. Uh, 13.8, that is a projection that Kirk has beaten in seven of nine games that he's played this year. Uh, yeah, he's this team's best pa- pass caption option. Without a doubt, uh, he leads the team in every notable receiving category, receptions, targets, yards, touchdowns. Tough matchup last week against the 49ers, but Kirk still recorded six catches for 104 yards. He was like the only shining light in that game for the Jags. And this week, the matchup is much more favourable against the Titans defence, who are shelling out over 38 points per game to opposing wide receivers. Uh, that's wide receiver room combined, obviously. Um, you know, this might be a get-right game for the Jags and Lawrence, but it's a stay-right game for Christian Kirk as he's been pretty damn consistent all year, and I expect that to continue this week. At the tight end position, I'm going Tyler Higby, projected 6.7 versus Seattle. Um, got a feeling on this one, also playing the projection. He's He's had time over the bye week to get over a bit of a knock that he had as had Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford means a lot to all the offensive pieces and fantasy pieces for the Rams. He should be back, and if he is, I think Tyler Higbee is going to have a nice game uh, in what I'm hoping uh, is a nice NFC West matchup with a lot of points. Sharps? Uh, I've gone for Cole Komet, tight end for the Bears. Um Bit strange this week having to pick a, a real tight end, uh, but I've gone for Komet projected ten point eight points, which is quite high compared to what I'm compared to what I'm used to. But um, and I do know that obviously Komet has hurt Lou a lot in the past. He's a, he's a bit of a boom bust guy, likes a goose, loves a goose really. If we're being totally honest, um, <laughs> but I just think uh, going up against the Detroit Lions, who have been middling against tight ends, but I think what they do do is they've got some good pass rushers, particularly Hutchinson. I think there's going to be a lot of little dinkers and dump offs. I think we're a fair few. Um, targets for Komet, obviously being a little tight end safety blanket. Um, past few weeks, he's had 18, 24, and then a bit of a down week, uh, 10 points last week, but I'm hoping he's not going to be a bust for me, and if we get a nice little uh, touchdown as well, then that's where the hit's going to come from. So, uh, Cole Komet for me. I'm going to go Luke Musgrave, rookie tight end for the Packers, projected 8.3. The wide receiver room in Green Bay, it's a bit of a coin toss, but there's at least one patch, pass catcher whose his role's pretty solid, and that's Musgrave. You know, he's seen over four targets a game, which granted might not sound like a lot, but I'll take that consistency at the tight end position. Um, and he, he's posted his personal best in yardage in each of the last two games, along with a touchdown in week nine. So he's he's coming on a decent amount, uh, gradually becoming relied on more and more. Um, in this offense as a, as a solid option and this week he plays the Chargers who as we said at the beginning of the show um, they're an awful defense the one that you want to target at any position really um, unless you play for the New York Jets um, so yeah I mean I think Musgravy could be a nice start this week maybe another touchdown against the Chargers nice speaking of games 
We'll finish off with that game tier list. Sharples, what have you got for us? Turn up for the books, boys. Only one game. Oh, yeah. Tier this week. Whoa. Um, uh, it's a bad one, though. Uh, oh, it's no. Commanders against the Giants. Oh, no. That, that game gets worse yeah, every yeah, year, but at the end of every year, people make it out like those two teams are going to be good. You know what? Hey, you know what? Don't play it. I don't even give them both a win. I don't care. Just don't play it. Yeah, don't it's not going to make it. any difference, <laughs> is it? Uh, moving into the meh category, we've got uh, Brown Steelers, Lions Bears, Panthers Cowboys, two one-sided, uh, Jags Titans, Jets Bills, and then two which I wanted to put in good but couldn't bring myself to just yet. I've got the Texans Cardinals and Broncos Vikings. Okay. I mean, that's... I I I I do like that Texans Cardinals. Like I said, it higher over highest over under of the week, and I'm very intrigued by the Brown Steelers just because the Steelers have been finding way to win games. That is sort of the this is this exact game that the Steelers win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's going to be a total slugfest. Mm. Uh, into the good, we've got uh, Dolphins, Raiders, Packers, Chargers, 49ers, Bucks, and Rams. The Raiders are stinking that up a little bit. I don't know. I, I mean, they've won two on the bounce now with a new coach. I want to see if they can actually put something together. I don't think they can, yeah. but I want to see. The car. Thanks for that, Luke. Uh, and into the great, <laughs> uh, into the great, we've got the Ravens against the Bengals and the Creme de la Creme Chiefs against. The oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the bookend in the week with two amazing games and two games that are going to tell us a lot about some some would-be contenders in the Ravens and the Bengals and some bona fide super, perennial Super Bowl teams in the Chiefs and the Eagles. Bit of a rematch there. Um, two names, winning teams from both of those games. I'm going to say Ravens-Eagles. Lou? Bengals-Chiefs. Shuffles. Uh, I've got the Bengals okay. Eagles. To be fair, the Bengals Eagles is my Super Bowl pick, isn't it? So I don't know why <laughs> I said the Ravens. I, I'm just it must just be what I'm feeling like at the minute. Um, closing thoughts, lads. Cowboys minus twenty seven point five. Would you take it? <laughs> <laughs> I would smash that. Yeah. Okay. On the fence. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy, especially that Thursday night game and the Monday night game if you get to see them. Uh, And have yourself a good fantasy week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.